everyone. It is coaching time, specifically truth in coaching time. <laughs> hello, hello. I am Joshua. She is Jordan. And that's the way it should be. <laughs> kind of sorry, not really sorry for the cliffhanger last time. I'm but... not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. She's not sorry at all. I'm a little bit sorry, but it's, uh, it's the way it had to be. Mm-hmm. So it's all good. Um, we were riding the high of Christina's powerlifting victory. Yes. Which is amazing. You know, I think uh, in any big event, like any medalist is a winner. Mm-hmm. Really. Oh, yeah. Not the champion. A winner, though. But the, definitely a winner. Yeah. Right. Um, in, uh, in college, I had just made it on the rugby team. And... Uh, I'd like broken my wrist just prior to that. So like oh, all the starters, you know, we, we all took a trip to the national finals playing in the national championship final. And like one of the guys with the worst attitudes on the team, they lost, we lost, unfortunately. And the coach was like, look, this hurts a lot right now. It hurts a lot. But like 10 years from now, you're going to look back on it and be like, you know what? We played in the national championship game. That was really cool. Like, I mean, like what more could you ask from a collegiate career than mm-hmm. to be in like high level tournaments and play and he's saying that and uh mr uh poopy pants was like <laughs> yeah second place is first losers <laughs> and like oh my god he ripped his second place medal off and it was just like ah. I get it. It's it's rough, but come on. Like you're not really you weren't the champion. You didn't win the championship. Yeah. It it sucks. But you know what? I think that's hilarious saying. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's uh this is not really constructive. No, it's not. Like maybe put that in your head when you're trying to win, mm-hmm. but like maybe when it's all over, yes. figure out something different. Exactly. It's not life or death. No, it's not. You know. It means work harder. Yeah. <laughs> Have a better <laughs> attitude. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this guy ended up uh <laughs> ended up uh, doing some things against a fraternity that wanted to feud oh. and uh, got one of those judges ultimatums like uh, go to jail or go to the military. So he picked the military. Smart. <laughs> it was a good choice. Yes, it was. <laughs> I think so. Nice. Good decisions there. Human movement. We were talking uh, the, the total body kind of what is functional fitness what's it what's the point in having a total body challenge that seems kind of frantic versus you know disciplined splits mm-hmm. pushing versus pulling like like what is functional <laughs> right what what's functional what is functional works yeah works you can do it well ish without hurting yourself yeah i guess i would say there's a expectation of reliability yeah yeah it's like things that function just work yeah that's what i think of like yeah when i think of reliability as well i think of something that doesn't have tolerances that are so tight Mm. that there's no room for error yes right that's that's actually really bad for people Mm -hmm. tolerances that are so tight there's no room for error yeah i saw a really cool honestly a paperweight because it wouldn't be a successful machine because the tolerances were 
near perfection. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, it had been a, a like a steel block that was machined, and some sort of pattern like a dolphin or you know a uh, a sun or something like that. Something that's not just a straight up triangle or circle, yeah. right? Um, but anyways, the machinist had cut that pattern out of the block. And of course, that leaves you with the shape on the inside. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't use that same piece of steel because the material that had to be removed when it was cut was too loose. Oh. So to us, it might you might even feel friction putting it in based mm-hmm. on how tight. The, I think it's a laser machine that was cutting it out. But uh, they cut out a separate counterpart piece to it so that the tall inches would be perfect. So you didn't have the waste from the cut. Then when it got put back into the block, it completely disappeared to the naked eye. Interesting. Looked like it was the same thing. Now, this would never work for anything other than art. Yes. Because if you put that in a machine and things begin to move and begin to heat up and you have friction, it wouldn't slide free. Mm -hmm. But for like a pretty cool paperweight. Yeah. Or like a bookend or something. I mean, like you've got a hidden dolphin and you're... That's so cool. You know, and your block of steel. Mm-hmm. That sounds really weird. <laughs> um, you know, you've got a ray of sunshine in your iron ore, whatever. Mr. Positivity uh, over here. Well, it sounded less dirty, okay? Uh, anyways, people need a lot of tolerance. Mm-hmm. A, because something, you know, so many things can go wrong in your week, Correct. right? But um, also, there's a lot of emotional ups and downs. Um, there is the uh, difficulty in adopting a new routine. Change is hard, right? And so if you've written a program or you're trying to adhere to some sort of exercise regimen that the tolerances are so tight, I mean, let's think about like two days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not take much to fail on a program of two a days. Correct. Right? If failure is defined as missing a workout. Yep. Right? And that's maybe part of the problem is your mental tolerance doesn't tolerate that as anything other than failure, right? As opposed to experience gaining, mm. open-ended learning, I'm trying, I'm getting, well, I got more workouts than I did last time, right? Something like that. Yeah. That's a better tolerance. But in any case, something that's that tight is not functional. So let's just start there and throw that whole premise of functional fitness out the window. Mm-hmm. Like if you think you've got to make X amount of workouts and you're a beginner, like you're not starting from a functional premise to begin with, right? What's functional is actually being able to show up, Mm -hmm. having room to fail. Maybe you need to get challenged to three or four times a week, maybe five times a week. Maybe it doesn't happen, but then can you bounce back from that? Mm -hmm. Uh, My, my 10am client today, we had to talk about that. He had had a bounce back from a bad week. He, you know, new guy started him, uh, very eager to get started. First week went great. And it's just like, it's so predictable. It's just a script, yeah. right? Next week, couldn't keep it up. Yep. Like relationship problem, addiction problem, mm-hmm. like whatever. And like, okay, cool. So the interesting thing though, was that he said he felt like he turned a corner because instead of immediately falling back on beating himself up, mm-hmm. he fell back on, huh, my impulse is not to beat myself up. My impulse is to get up the next day and do the next workout. Yeah. Right? So you missed a day or two. Yeah. So you missed three days or whatever. Like, do the next one. Well, I think that's really important to, you know, go through something like that because if you do or when you do fall off the wagon with, like, a workout regimen um, and 
you know, I forgot where I was going with this whole thing. It's nice. so good. Oh my I know. goodness. That's, that's the worst part of uh, learning to yes. do a show <laughs> is you start talking in words that are just, they're so bland, but they sound semi-smart. Oh, did I tell you? Oh my gosh. I had breakfast with a flat earther. Oh. Yeah. And... Yeah, it just uh, how was it? It was kind of a, a, a random occurrence. I don't know how random it was, right? But uh, it was definitely an occurrence. Met this guy in Malibu on the Pacific Coast Highway last weekend while I'm trying to drive back and get to the airport. I was just stopping for a quick breakfast, and he's mm -hmm. like, "Hey, man, would you buy some food?" I was kind of like, "Sure." Something you don't yeah. really you know what hear very often. <laughs> Sit down with me, have breakfast with me, and somehow he just goes like launching right into his whole flat Earth diatribe. Anyways, uh, th they have like selected new vocabulary. The big buzzword is heliocentric, heliocentric. right? <laughs> like, oh, well that you know, helio from the sun, mm -hmm. you know, Greek words because you know Greek words make you sound more learned than you are, yes. right? And oh, you're heliocentric. Your your world revolves around the sun. Right? It's just a label, right? But uh, anyways, that's that all goes back to trying to put on a show mm -hmm. that not only educates and informs and inspires and you know encourages people, but like mm -hmm. actually entertains them too, so they want to listen more, right? Sometimes you find yourself just reaching for the dumbest training buzzwords, yeah. and you're like, uh, hmm, platitude, platitude, <laughs> regimen, functional. Uh, yeah, we should all be working for the most intramuscular vascularities. What? What? Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, one of my campaigns, like, I'm not going to call it pet peeve because it's gone beyond a pet peeve. It is a campaign in my military life is break down the barrier of acronyms. Mm, yes. 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 It is utter pants. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And there are so many, it does not facilitate understanding. Mm -hmm. If you have a small group of a highly trained people that are working on a specialized team it might speed up the process a little bit but even then you're making the assumption that every person knows what that acronym means mm -hmm. stop it use acronyms when appropriate but when we have time to mutually understand let's just talk in english yep right and so the same thing goes with uh trying to apply scientific concepts mm -hmm. to training like I like science. Mm -hmm. I think science is cool. I want to learn more. I do my continuing education, right? But it doesn't matter if you can't translate it into action and into coaching. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to describe a concept for somebody, but it's better to give them an action step where they can actually begin to change, yep. right? And so you got to break down the barriers. So like, honest to goodness, you guys, like I will do my best to try to not pull the wool over your eyes with science, right? Because chances are, even the scientists don't fully understand it, it. Yep. right? So, so we're just trying to facilitate communication yes. is all that is. So I remember what I was going to say. You remember. I remember. Sorry. Getting a little sidetracked. But so with your client kind of getting off track, I think it's good to have those moments because when you're just getting started uh, with working out and then you kind of like in the moment don't really realize what it does for your body necessarily and then when you fall off track and you like your client had that aha moment like oh mm -hmm. okay so this is what I need to do I know how I felt when I was working out I preferred that feeling over 
mm-hmm. what's going on right now. So I think, you know, those moments are just as important as, you know, like staying consistent because it's helping you learn. They realize. really are. If you could be a beginner and start and be perfectly consistent, there would be no skill building involved in that. Right. Right. It would. And then if something were to happen, because something would happen, mm-hmm. your schedule tolerances would somehow fail. Yes. You would now have a huge ego problem. You would have a huge failure problem. Right. You would perceive yourself as somebody that broke the rules. Right. So really, we want to build the skill of grit, build mm-hmm. the skill of getting back on the horse, build the skill of consistency. And a lot of times people will uh, misinterpret my advice of wiping the slate clean mm-hmm. as resetting or pausing. Yeah. Right. They're not the same thing. No. Wiping the slate clean says, dang it, I did not do well today. Okay, no problem. This happens and I'll do I'll do the next best thing. Yep. Right? But the pause button mentality, the thing that says, well, I didn't do well today or the previous day or the previous day. Maybe this isn't the right time. You know what? I'm going to stop now and I'm going to come back at a time that's convenient for me and then I'll be perfect. Right. Right? All that yep. does is build the skill of pausing. Mm-hmm. So it's better to accept the imperfection and to try for the next thing. And, you know, not mm-hmm. ever achieve perfection, but you're building the skills of continuing. That's how you actually get better. That's how you get from that. Yeah. I, I just need to practice basic workouts consistently to now I can do intense workouts consistently. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where physique change like actually is. It actually happens. That's yeah. actually where that is. But, uh, okay. Wow. I did not expect our discussion <laughs> of functionality to go that direction. Yeah. I liked it though. It's yeah, good. It's cool. It's it. <laughs> It's important. I mean, it's the stuff that, it is literally the stuff that makes people tick. It is, and it's stuff that we have actually gone through too, so we like can relate. And are continuing to go through. Yeah. Like, this doesn't stop. There is no, I have arrived, look at me, praise me, right? And now I can just sit on my, (laughs) sit on my chair and, and uh, wave my hand at all you mortals as I make you do things like, no, like I struggle constantly. I continue to struggle. And that is, it is the way Uh, to borrow a phrase. Well, let's talk about the fun stuff. Okay. Let's talk about the exercises, right? Um, If we're trying to boil down what is functional, how do people move? And there's every time you try to classify something, there's going to be exceptions. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, how do we generally classify human movement and actually begin to put together workouts that make sense? Right. Um, I don't even know if this is in vogue anymore, or if I I just think this way. Right. Uh, but I I take human movement. You can break it down into seven basic kinds of moves. There's push, there's pull, Mm -hmm. there's squat, there's hinge, there's lunge, there's stride, and there's rotation. Hmm. A lot to work with here. Um, Some is a little more self-explanatory than the others. Now, because I cannot help myself. <laughs> I have to throw this out there. Like, no muscles actually push. Yeah. 
All right, they leverage on their attachment points mm -hmm. to contract. So in a sense, every movement is a pulling movement. Pulling. All right, muscles contracting and getting shorter versus relaxing and expanding to facilitate movement. And most muscles are, um, you know what, I'm not gonna put my foot in that. Uh, many muscles have a direct counterpart on the opposite side, mm -hmm. where one is uh, contracting, the other is relaxing, right. all right? Those facilitate our movement, but when we think of pushing, we're generally thinking of a human being acting on an object yes. that's in front of you, all right? Yeah, exactly, and that object is getting pushed by your arms or by your legs, and you're driving it forwards. <clears throat> Probably we're gonna think of most push movements as presses, mm -hmm. and it's for your upper body. Right. What's your favorite push movement, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> um, like for upper body only or in overall? We were just talking okay, about that. Okay. Just the part Sorry. of the discussion <laughs> that was defining it as primarily <laughs> upper body, because if we start to get into lower body push, <laughs> it's squat. Um, or stride. I don't really, I'm beginning to like push-ups more, honestly. Oh, I yes. forgot. You're the no-delts girl. Yes, I am the no-delts girl, but I am learning to like them more. Correction, you're the growing delts girl. <laughs> Thank you. Thank right, you. There yes, we go. Yeah. growing delts. Dread that negativity out of here! <laughs> we don't like it. <laughs> but yes, I would have to say push-ups for, for upper body. Okay, push-ups are wonderful. Mm -hmm. Push-ups, when done correctly, are also a core trainer. They are, yes. They're also a glute trainer. Yes. And they feel so good mm -hmm. so good they're the best you can't you can't get anything better than this it's a push <laughs> this is the best push that you'll ever do is a push-up yes all right and that push-up will reduce back pain mm -hmm. right it'll teach you to hold your posture a little bit better yep. um done correctly can reduce shoulder pain common error in the push-up is people flaring their shoulder elbows, elbows out too much out. and that's where right. i began was yep. elbows came super far out which is generating more internal rotation in the shoulder, which is giving you less joint space in the shoulder, and now we're getting really, really nerdy and outside the scope of entertainment. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm trying to stay Our focused. Bad. Tolerance, <laughs> tolerance. Uh, but yes, yeah. not only because it, like it, the reason why I'm liking them more is because I'm realizing, I don't know, realizing, but it's yeah. just an overall, you're engaging so much more than your actual upper body during it. Yeah, I, I love push-ups as well. Um, Is that because you're a Marine? <laughs> possibly. Like I see the value of them. Like yeah. you really need to be good at them. Mm -hmm. But um, I think an overhead kettlebell jerk is just sublime. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's some some sort of physical yeah. poetry in motion, simple poetry right. that's not too complex. Okay. But it just it feels right when you do it correctly, it's and you can get an amazing pump on your delts. Yeah. And because a jerk, you're not applying a press through the whole thing. It's a partial press where you're using your legs as well. It's mm -hmm. it's very. Uh, you can build a lot of confidence because you can typically go heavier and longer depending on your set rep scheme than mm -hmm. others. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, there's so many yeah. cool pushes. I didn't really even think of that one. I really like to work floor press with beginners. Yes. 
and I really like to work that as a reset. Mm -hmm. So a floor press, you're, you're laying back on the floor mm -hmm. and your knees may be up and your feet flat and you can even bridge into that. And when you bridge into a floor press, whether you say you're using dumbbells, right, mm -hmm. to push just like you would on a bench press, uh, there's some safety built into it because your shoulders can't get pushed too far. You can't get pushed off the bench or go lower because your elbows will stop on the ground. Yep. And if you're elevating your hips and pressing up and into that, it's actually a decline press, right? And you've made it so much more comfortable on your shoulders and you've probably taught the beginner to engage their pec muscles, exactly. which is what everybody needs, mm -hmm. even women. Oh like, yes. You need absolutely. them. You need them because you have them. Yes, exactly. Okay. Function. <laughs> Functional. Oh my god. All right. That is like But even aesthetically, I think 100% of women would look better with more developed pecs. I would agree. Like you don't have to be of monstrous proportion. Yeah. Like you're not going to you're not going to look like a freak if you work out. <laughs> like as a woman, you're just not. Mm -mm. You would have to probably take steroids yeah. to look like whatever negative version of what you think a woman could look like if she works out too much. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen, right? Now you might develop some muscle tone that you really appreciate. This is hilarious because my client this morning was telling me, um, a, her friend and her had a conversation about her deadlifting and yeah. her friend was like, oh, you better be careful lifting weights because you're going to start getting super bulky and just looking no. funny. And I, I had to laugh. I was like, that's no. not going to happen. She's like, I don't care. Even if it does, I want it. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> yeah. Good for her. But like, uh, that's not yeah, going to happen. There's like some kind of misinformation out there. There's yes. different body types, right? But also most people aren't going to be consistent enough to ever get to the end path of that. Mm -hmm. And if you were, you would be able to stop. You're not going to accidentally do some chest press and then, oh my gosh, the next morning wake up and like, what, what happened? How do I make this go away? Like, it's not going to happen. No, it's not. It's not possible. <laughs> no. People. Oh, that's too funny. Pull. Pull. Pull-ups. Pull. Pull-ups, your favorite. Yes, I love pull-ups. Okay. Yes. That's nice. Yes. Um, it's body weight and you can add weight if you really wanted to. But I think the reason why I like it so much is because I'm growing so much with it. Yeah. I started off a couple years ago not being able to do body weight pull-ups. And I can do five continuously now. And it feels so good when you do a solid pull-up. Yeah. If, if you... I mean, it's been so long since I had that revelation. Mm -hmm. I was probably 12 when I did my first pull-ups, yeah, right? But just like the, wow, the confidence that comes, right. again, from self-mastery, mm -hmm. right? That's amazing. And I'm obviously no stranger to pull-ups, right? right? And, but I think a common theme we're going to see here, I'm guessing, is that uh, the thing that you're seeing progress in is probably the thing that's your favorite at the time, mm -hmm. right? For me, it's a bent-over barbell row. Okay. And this is kind of recent. Like, I haven't done just tons and tons of these until yeah. recently, and I'm getting a lot better at them. Nice. You know, I didn't feel like I was engaging the, the full back the way I should have been, and now it is. I think it's even, you know, working out some asymmetrical things in my shoulders. I just, like, am feeling better because of it um, mm -hmm. and developing confidence in that. But uh, the bent over row is good because if you have some weights, yeah, you can do it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a pull-up bar. No. But the pull-up bar is good because you don't need a bunch of weights. And no, if you could no. have it in the right, you know, space, that works really well. Um, my go-to, though, for pulling exercises is going to be an inverted row. 
oh, either with yeah. rings or a suspension mm -hmm. trainer because um, you can fit them almost anywhere and almost everybody's going to benefit from yeah. that. It's going to pull the tightness in the front of your yeah. chest that like people get from bad posture, from driving. It's just going to open you up. Open up. It's going to almost instantly make you look and feel better. Oh, yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, inverted rows to go. Uh, the the pulling that we think of lower body, I think that goes into hinge. Yeah, I was going to mention yeah. deadlifts as pulling, also hinging, because... Hamstring curls, though. Okay. I think hamstring curls yeah. might be an example of a true lower body pull. Pull, yeah. I do like a good hamstring curl. Yeah, I think people's hamstrings are just not developed enough. So yeah, weak. really weak. Yeah. So more hamstring curls. So many ways to do them. Look oh, yeah. it up on your own or uh, come get with me after this and we'll talk <laughs> hamstring curls, right? You'll wish you had You'll learn to love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, uh, the lower body, not the same, but kind of, the mm -hmm. lower body would be hinge. Yeah. Hips go back, they get folded in half, touch a wall, mm -hmm. but your back stays straight. Yeah. Right? Um, really powerful. What's your favorite hinge? Deadlifts, I don't know. I really like kettle, does kettlebell count? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, kettle swings are, like, are full hinge. It's in between those two. Oh yeah, and they're, really pick and choose. they're such like opposite ends they of the are. spectrum too. Deadlifts, heavy, mm -hmm. kettlebells light and explosive and fast. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. Kettlebell swings, you can literally do hundreds in a row. Yeah. Um, deadlifts, ew. Maybe not so much. <laughs> Start getting above 10, and we have to start asking ourselves why questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's going to be the RDL, the Romanian deadlift. Yeah. Because you can start from the top holding, say, you know, a pair of dumbbells mm -hmm. and start to bend over and stick your butt back and really feel the hamstrings and really feel the glute. And the other ones are wonderful exercises, but you have so much control and mm -hmm. precision in an RDL. You're just going to feel better. Yeah. Right. And it works a spot that most people tend to neglect. Exactly. Uh, squats. Mm, I do enjoy squats, but they're not my favorite. Well, and here's the thing. If we're taught, this is one of these items on the list. Mm -hmm. There's less variation mm -hmm. than others. Because if we're going to do a push, you know, decline at like almost infinite angles because of the way your shoulders rotate. Mm -hmm. But for squatting, I mean, you, you have to squat. You squat and you can, you can do them anywhere. You don't yeah. necessarily have to have... You can a barbell or any kind of weight. You can get deeper. You can get shallower. Mm -hmm. But like a squat is kind of a squat. Mm -hmm. There's just different tolerances for form. Yep. Like if we're really loading it up, we have to be a little more careful versus if you're gonna go just all the way to the floor and chill for a while. Yeah. Body weight. Yeah. You know, whatever. You can be all crumpled up. <laughs> um, hmm. I don't know. My go-to squat. I like front squats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, Why? Well, they engage my core more. They're also, oh. They also put my ego in check because by default you have to go lighter. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I think they're just healthy for you. But the maxim that if you can front squat well, you can front squat and back squat. Mm -hmm. But if you can only back squat, you can't really front squat. <coughs> That's the reason to train mm -hmm. front squats. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, like so much in exercises, picking the right tool. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's so many tools that can achieve a similar effect. 
but knowing what tool to reach for when. When, yeah. It's a big deal. Lunge. Lunges. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> but there's there's a, a realm here. A lunge, just because I'm trying to keep this all the single words, but really anything split leg. Mm -hmm. Anything kind of the knee is bending and your legs are split. Yeah. So there's maybe split squats yeah. that are involved in this. Bulgarian? Bulgarian split squats. I Very really, heavy on the foot. You really I, like those? I do. They're so ouchy. They're so, they are, but I do really like split squats. Bulgarian oh, split squats. So, they just burn. They are one of the most physically challenging exercises out there in terms of pure burn. Mm-hmm. Once you learn to do them safely, they're really pretty darn safe. They are, yeah. Like you're not gonna hurt your spine, you're not gonna hurt your knees, but like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. There's just always a burn, it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't get easier. No, it doesn't. Oh man, so good. I uh, have that conversation every time I introduce it to yes. clients. Like, they're really good when you know how to do them properly. Yeah. They just don't get easier. Right, I know, but like, <laughs> but the, the upside to that is you and I are definitely both in the quad definition club. Yes. So, oh. hey, <laughs> bulk, squits, squats, for yes. life. Yeah. <laughs> so much enthusiasm. <laughs> but quads! <laughs> Let's go quads! Right? Quads, so quads, good. Quads. Uh, I like box step ups. Oh, That'd yeah. be my preference. I think you can do something that, again, that's a little more, quote, functional, mm -hmm. right? The Bulgarian split squats get you jacked. They get you to deal with that burn, but I'm not gonna just like bust into a set of Bulgarian split squats <laughs> on the trail, but a step up, you definitely need to yeah. step up on things. Mm -hmm. So quote, more functional, more but in terms of like yeah. training them in a gym, like I think you have a little more control over tempo mm -hmm. um, and a little more balance involved and the loading variations are a little easier to work with. So yes. you can go, you know, weight in one arm or you weight on the other arm or you could right carry the weight back. on your back yeah. or you could carry it in your front. There's like a lot of different options here. And uh, for me, they feel better. My body appreciates them better. I'm also pretty tall, but uh, I don't know, for me, yeah. it's uh, step ups for the win. Yeah. Yeah, control the negative on the way down. Yeah, the negative part on so the way So it's really down. more like, step downs yeah those ones probably would be because that foot yeah. isn't step downs into a rapid step up yeah yeah work both sides of the coin guys yes. work both sides <laughs> of the coin equally important <laughs> stride stride hmm this is everything cardio yes you could arguably put swimming into this yeah the arm. arguably arm yeah. Uh, you have to be able to work that. It all starts off with crawling as a baby. Mm-hmm. Right? You're working an opposite leg and an opposite arm. Yeah. And you're striding. That, I mean, crawling is striding. It is. It's one of the reasons why I make people do crawls. It's good. It's a great core, core activation, though, too. It's phenomenal. Shoulder crawls. stability. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But then we get into walking. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Not enough people walk. <laughs> no. And it's so easy to do. Just Yeah. Just go for a quick walk. That's why I was telling you, like, that's one of the reasons why I'm enjoying golf right now, because I go and walking, I walk yeah. it. And there's yeah. so many people who use the carts. I'm, it's yeah. crazy. Also, there's, there's a, in my humble opinion, and I do mean humble because I don't really know what I'm talking about here, 
from a golf perspective. <laughs> but I know what I'm talking about from like a uh, absorption perspective. If you're running around in a cart, you're hitting more shots faster than is natural. Mm-hmm. You're probably not respecting each shot and giving it the focus it deserves. So you might be stunting your progression Maybe. as opposed to, I took a shot, I have to deal with the consequences. Now I have to respect the next shot. Now I have to deal with more consequences, mm-hmm. like, or feel a better reward, right? And then you just like absorb that emotionally more easily when you walk. That's a great way of looking at drive, that. Right, but walking, not a lot of people do enough walking. It's a shame. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's one of the, that is like stride is maybe like the amazing human thing here. And then of course it goes into running, Mm -hmm. which, you know, are we born to run? Are we born to walk? They're almost the same Same thing. thing, Yeah. Right. They're not. Oh man. Do you know how an elite Olympic walker can cover a mile in about six and a half minutes? (laughs) How? That's insane. That's crazy. And that's where both feet don't leave the ground at the same time. Yep. Right. Yeah. But running is when the feet are leaving the ground at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you're just trusting your ability to, it's like almost like running. You're almost jumping almost. Mm-hmm. You could think of it that way, or you could think of it as you're falling and you're interrupting it every time. Right. Either way, <laughs> running is very, very much more agile yes. than walking. Um, but that is stride. Mm-hmm. Right. Get out there and swing your arms and move your feet. Yeah. And it just, it's nice. Which one's your, what would be your favorite? You know what? Nothing feels good like a good, hard running session. And I don't mean distance. Mm -hmm. I mean shorter intervals, a handful of hundreds, a handful Mm -hmm. of fifties, handful of 25s. Run out, either jog back or walk back. Keep the heart rate high. Running endurance is nice and it's good to have the confidence that you can run one, two, three, five miles. But uh, there's just something athletic and satisfying about putting in a 20 to 30 minute interval running workout. And that in particular, I think, is what is not trained enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Speaking of things that are not trained enough, rotation. Rotation, yes. Yeah, I don't train that enough. Neither do I, and I need well, to. Yeah, and it's it's difficult because this is where your lower back facilitates a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And so much torque goes through that, and people get injured in the lower back a lot. Yes. But if you're not a rotation athlete, namely a quarterback, a pitcher, a baseball batter, mm-hmm. A Golf. a golfer, a kickboxer, yeah, right, and even even there, like a kickboxer's not throwing mm-hmm. a rotational kick every play. Right. If you want to like try to make an equivalent to football or something, like mm-hmm. every time the quarterback throws the ball, almost it's a rotational movement. Yeah. Every time a baseball pitcher throws a ball, it's a rotational movement. Right. Right. That one there. Are, I don't think there's any exceptions to that. Do you ever see a baseball pitcher like do a non-rotational <laughs> underhanded pitch? No. Like nonsense. Or I think if I'm remembering correctly, like javelin too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some track and field where mm-hmm. there's a significant amount of rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the, the issue you have to deal with of insulating your back in the sense that your core does some of the work, but then there's also the sense that you want your back to be able to do that mm-hmm. and to be resilient as it does it. Uh, but do you have favorite rotational exercises? 
Not really. I don't, and I don't know if this would really be considered rotational, but um, have you heard of the Spider-Man thoracic stretch? Mm, there's a lot of funny names yeah, out there. there is. Fitness. You're like in a lunge position, and then you like rotate. So yeah, it would oh, be rotational. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is... Uh, I don't know if that would be technically considered. I know what you're talking about, and it's like the hurdlers, tracks, lunging mm -hmm. warm-up thing, right? More of a warm-up than you would actually put into... Some people have called it like the greatest stretch on earth. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think warming up rotation makes a lot of sense for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, training rotation though is difficult because is. a lot of people will not put it into their upper back. Mm -hmm. If they stick it just in their lumbar, their lower back, right? I think you're going to run into trouble, yeah. right? Or if you let your lower back do all the work and you mm -hmm. don't use uh, your obliques and your transverse abdominals and, and your core to make that happen, or maybe appropriately your hip flexors and your glutes, like it's a system. Mm -hmm. And no one part of that rotational system is supposed to do all the rotating by itself. Right. And if you don't have the eye to see that when somebody's doing it, I think you can actually get them hurt. Russian twists on the ground, perfect yes. example, right? They're yep. just throwing their hands and their lower back into it and not actually developing rotation in their upper back, that's a problem. But mm -hmm. uh, I like doing an inverted row with a ring or a suspension trainer where you oh. reach all the way back so your arms are spread out yeah. and then you begin to pull it in with your rowing arm and then you turn all the way around and then reach as high up on the rope as you can with your free hand. I think that naturally engages more thoracic. Yeah. And um, I think it's a, a nice rotation. So I will go for that almost any time. Mm -hmm. Maybe wood choppers mm -hmm. for the right person with for, the yeah. right load limit not done poorly. Right. I think that can be very helpful as well. Yeah, um, yeah it's definitely valid to train, but I wonder outside of sport-specific, sport-performance uh, training, if we should be doing a lot of rotation training. Wall ball tosses, side tosses. Yeah, yeah, and again, people crank on their backs yeah. and they fall over. Like that should be very hip driven. It should with that's follow one through of my rotation. That, you're have right. To say. That's yeah. a perfect rotation exercise. Yep. Um, I'll throw this. Like, uh, it might just be my comfort level of working with folks and, and like legitimately trying to not get them hurt. But I think more people will benefit from strict anti-rotation training mm -hmm. where you imbalance the sides on, purf on purpose mm -hmm. to make their core fire up and respond to it in a way that they can actually manage right. load. I think that will benefit more people faster, more safely, and then advisedly use rotation training. Mm -hmm. um, if people are going to play sports, they're going to rotate anyways. Yep. Right. So our job as strength and conditioning coaches is to keep your body healthy and strong and resilient and not to be your positional coach. Yeah. I am not going to work with a quarterback on their mechanics to get them to twist faster. Yeah, right? Not... Get a rotational speed coach, get yeah. a quarterbacking coach for that. My job is to keep you healthy. Exactly. Right, And to make you strong. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. I think that is that. Um, what do you guys think? What, like, can you take an exercise and try to classify it like this? I think you could do broad brushstroke classification yeah. of everything. So, yeah, by all means, write in. Yeah. Write in with a with a nice letter yeah. and ask what you want. <laughs> and if you've got a nasty letter, I am just going to read it in a comical way because um, because, because yeah. why, right? <laughs> All right, good talk, Jordan. What else we got? Mm, 
truth and coaching. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, speech of the week. Plateaus are benefits. AKA, just because it's taking time doesn't mean it's not working. Mm-hmm. All right, a plateau can be frustrating, but first and foremost, if you think you're on a plateau, whether that's weight loss or performance, are you really on a plateau? I'm going to hesitate to declare a plateau. Yes. Unless it's four weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, there's a lot of data out there about weight loss, for example, that says, you know, half a pound to a pound per week. Per week yeah. So if you're on that program and you've lost two pounds in a month, you're not on a plateau. Mm-hmm. You're on a very responsible program mm-hmm. that's going to get you good long-term results. Yep. But let's say you do get onto a plateau. How is that a blessing? Mm. Maybe it kind of teaches you um, try not to be in it for the short game and be yeah. more in it for the long game. It's definitely skill building. Yes. That's definitely true. Uh, another way impatience. that it's a blessing is that that impatience thing where people get so amped up with mm-hmm. their rapid gains and their rapid improvements. A lot of times you can't, you can't seal the deal, yeah. right? Win the lottery. <laughs> I bet you a year from now, you're not very much better off than you were before. Although you probably bought a lot of stuff, yep. right? And what's that stuff doing for you, right? Like, are you actually better off? Probably not. So if you were to have too many gains or too much improvement too rapidly, you wouldn't be able to manage it. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself. Well, I think you wouldn't appreciate the results towards the end as much because you didn't go through like the struggles a little bit. Definitely. A plateau is an opportunity to absorb the progress you've made. Yes. It's an opportunity to uh, have a low pressure situation where your emotional buttons are not being played with. Mm-hmm. You can be at peace. You can practice. You can practice consistency. You can make the exercise a permanent part of your life. You establish your routines mm-hmm. during plateau times. Then as you begin to build that just layer upon layer, almost like 3D printing mm-hmm. or almost like uh, how like a calcium or a lime deposit will happen in a shower, yeah. right? Layer upon layer, all of a sudden before you know it, boom, and you've had your next breakthrough and you're out of a plateau. Yep. So plateaus absolutely have a function. They are not to be uh, dreaded. They're not to be shunned. Yes. Embrace that plateau. Enjoy the break from the frenetic energy, mm-hmm. right? From the manicness and uh, just be happy. Yeah, just think of it as it's your body trying to tell you like, it's, re- it's trying to get you rested for the next big thing that's gonna that's about to happen for your yes. body. And don't forget, you're locking in all of your progress up until that mm-hmm. time. Because if you weren't on that plateau, there's a very good chance that you're gonna fall down a cliff. Yes. Right, if it was a peak, there's a down. What goes up must come down. But getting up and onto a plateau is a very good thing. It's a sign that you're stable and you're not gonna yo-yo. Yeah, and it's more sustainable. Just like what you, with the yo-yo, it's yeah. sustainable. Absolutely. Plateaus, huzzah. Yes. Podcasts, huzzah. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.